0: Stand clear of the closing doors, please.
1: Hi, welcome to the Christmas Time in the City podcast. I'm Chris.
0: And I'm Chris. Before we get started, be sure to follow us on social media. We're Christmas Time in the City podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Xmas in City Pod on Twitter.
1: Also, feel free to email any questions or comments to us at podcast at gmail.com. Stick around, or just fast forward to the end of this episode to hear about our upcoming giveaways on Facebook.
0: So, is it called Grand Central Station or Grand Central Terminal?
1: Both. The terminal is... A terminal, generally speaking, is a beginning of a route. Okay. And the station is just the in-between parts of the route. So... Depending on uh, if you're a local or if you're from out of town, you may probably refer to it as something different. Like if you travel within the city, you may you may know it more as Grand Central Station. Or if you live outside in Long Island or upstate, you may know it as Grand Central Terminal because you take it like the LIRR Metro like it's North. Like
0: destination. Yeah. When it becomes the destination, it's yeah. the station. Hey.
1: Desti- <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Nailed it.
0: Most New Yorkers don't know much about the station's fascinating history or Grand Central's hidden secrets. The first Grand Central Terminal was built in 1871 by shipping and railroad magnate Cornelius Vanderbilt. The original Grand Central soon became obsolete when steam locomotives were banned after a catastrophic train collision in 1902 that killed 17 and injured 38. Within months, plans were underway to demolish the existing station and build a new terminal for electric trains.
1: The new Grand Central Terminal officially opened on February 2, 1913. More than 150,000 people turned out to celebrate the opening day. The beautiful building with its massive marble staircase, 75-foot-tall windows, and star-studded ceiling was an immediate hit.
0: Hotels, office buildings, and skyscrapers soon sprang up around the new terminal, including the iconic 77-story Chrysler Building. The neighborhood prospered as Grand Central Terminal became the busiest train station in the country. In 1947, more than 65 million people, the equivalent of 40% of the U.S. population, traveled through Grand Central Terminal.
1: By the 1950s, the glory days of long-distance rail travel were over. In post-war America, many travelers preferred to drive or fly to their destinations. With the value of prime Manhattan real estate rising and railroad profits falling, the railroad began to talk about demolishing Grand Central Terminal and replacing it with an office building. New York City's new Landmark Preservation Commission stepped in in 1967 to designate Grand Central Terminal as a landmark protected by the law, temporarily squashing the development plans.
0: Penn Central, the railroad conglomerate that owned Grand Central Terminal, did not want to take no for an answer. They proposed building a 55-story tower above Grand Central, which would have meant demolishing parts of the terminal. The Landmarks Preservation Commission blocked the project, leading Penn Central to file an $8 million lawsuit against the city of New York.
1: The court battle lasted about 10 years, thanks to concerned citizens and city leaders, including Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. The development plans were eventually thwarted, but only after the lawsuit went all the way to the Supreme Court. In
0: 1994, Metro North took over operation of Grand Central Terminal and began extensive renovations. Now restored to its 1913 splendor, Grand Central has become a beloved Manhattan landmark and a busy commuter hub. Grand Central preserves a little of the history and grandeur of old New York in the middle of modern Manhattan.
1: Grand Central Terminal now houses several restaurants and cocktail lounges, a dining concourse, and about 50 shops. The historic train station is also the site of art and cultural exhibits and other special events throughout the year including the annual Grand Central Holiday Fair.
0: The Grand Central Terminal Holiday Fair is one of the finest, longest-running indoor holiday fairs in New York City. The Holiday Fair Committee spends the year looking for unique vendors with a focus on American-made and handmade products with locally sourced materials or a socially conscious business model.
1: 40 vendors will take over half of the historic Vanderbilt Hall for almost six weeks to sell artwork, clothing for all ages, men and women's accessories, children's toys, and home goods.
0: A range of products and price points guarantees that New Yorkers, commuters, and tourists alike can find interesting gift items for others, as well as covet-worthy items for themselves. Since 1993, the Holiday Fair has been a must-shop destination during the holiday season.
1: Despite its renown, Grand Central Terminal still holds many secrets and fun facts you may not know. Here's a few of our favorites.
0: Nestled between the main concourse and Vanderbilt Hall is an acoustical, Architectural anomaly in Grand Central Terminal, a whispering gallery. Here, sound is thrown clear across a 2,000 square foot chamber, telegraphing across the surface of the vault and landing in faraway corners.
1: Although there are many whispering galleries you can find in New York City, fewer are as famous as the one you might find in Grand Central Terminal. It was designed by Master Tyler Gustavino, but the real secret is that no one knows whether its Whispering Gallery was constructed with the intention of producing the acoustic effect that has made it so popular.
0: The Campbell apartment in Grand Central Terminal serves as a testament to the grandiosity of another era. If appropriately attired, you can enter the room and sip on cocktails in this virtual museum to the opulence of New York's high society of the past. The apartment once belonged to John C. Campbell, a business tycoon. Rumor has it that he used to sit behind his desk in his boxers so that his trousers wouldn't get wrinkled.
1: The Iron Eagles perched at the corners of the edifice are vestiges from Grand Central Station, the L-shaped predecessor of Grand Central Terminal. They are imposing and massive with wingspans 13 feet wide. There were at least 10 such eagles adorning the transportation hub before it was demolished to make way for the new one in 1902. Almost all of them disappeared after its destruction.
0: Nine have been located across the state of New York. Many have been auctioned off to private estates and institutions. Some were found in backyards or as lawn ornaments. Others at train stations on what was once a New York Central line. Another was found on a bluff overlooking the Hudson River.
1: The statue, Transportation, on the facade of the Grand Central Terminal, was designed by French sculptor Jules Felice Coutan, who refused to come to the United States to oversee the construction of his project. His reason? His reason? I fear some of your American architecture will distress me.
0: It took the builders seven years to construct Couton's massive sculpture of the Greek gods. It is 48 feet high and weighs 1,500 tons. Meanwhile, the clock, which is commonly said to be Tiffany's, is the largest in the world. It's 13 feet in diameter and took 12 years to restore. Grand Central Terminal's official website calls it a Tiffany, but the Tiffany company has not confirmed or denied it, and Tiffany experts say nay.
1: If you look up at the giant zodiac on the ceiling of the main concourse in Grand Central Terminal, you'll find a small, dark patch of brick next to Cancer, the crab. This brick reveals what the station's ceiling looked like before it was cleaned during the restoration project in 1998.
0: What made the brick so dirty? A very common myth says the grime is actually 70% nicotine and tar, thereby providing a great anti-smoking ad. However, according to the John Cannon Company that restored the mural, a detailed analysis of the dirt by scientists at McCrone Associates reported that the dirt and grime did not contain any nicotine or particles that could be attributed to cigar or cigarette smoke.
1: The cause of the sometimes two-inch thick grime was the decades of air pollutants, especially cars and trucks exhaust, and the emissions, soot and contaminants from industrial plants and apartment buildings, incinerators. They say it was left in the restoration deliberately as a reminder of the past.
0: There is one track at Grand Central that sits abandoned in the middle of the busiest train terminal in the world. That is track 61, or the Waldorf Astoria track originally built for freight and as a loading platform for a powerhouse that sat above it. This track is famously thought to have transported Franklin D. Roosevelt to hide the fact that he was wheelchair-bound due to polio.
1: After a long investigation, it was revealed that although FDR did indeed use the track, the long-standing myth that the train car was used by him to transport his presidential limo is definitely false.
0: A hidden room, known as M42, does not appear on a single map or blueprint of Grand Central Terminal. In fact, its very existence was only acknowledged in the late 1980s, and its exact location is still classified information. This part of the basement also played an important role in World War II. It was so secret that you risked being shot on sight if you went down there.
1: M42 houses a converter that is responsible for providing all the electricity that runs through Grand Central. Here, alternately, current becomes direct current and provides power for the transportation of more than one million people each week up and down America's East Coast.
0: The basement covers 49 acres from 42nd to 97th Street. The entire City Hall building could fit into its depth with a comfortable margin of room to spare. A little known space called the Annex houses a tennis court that is accessible to the public as long as you can get a reservation. It was originally installed by a Hungarian immigrant, Kiza A. Gazdag, in the 1960s. The space has also been used as a ski slope.
1: The courts are now open to the public, although tracking them down takes a bit of investigative work. The easiest way to access the facility is to head to the Campbell Apartment, where you'll find elevators in the lobby outside the bar. that will take you directly there. Alternatively, you can also take the elevators located halfway down the ramp that lead to the Oyster Bar and track 100 to 117.
0: The painting of the constellations on the ceiling of the massive cathedral-like main concourse is backwards. No one knows for sure how the mix-up occurred, but the Vanderbilt family claimed that it was no accident. The zodiac was intended to be viewed from a divine perspective rather than a human one inside his temple of transportation.
1: We couldn't cover Grand Central without touching on our favorite part, the lower level dining concourse. No matter what your taste budget or diet, if you crave it, you'll find it in the dining concourse. From sweet treats to burgers and steaks, and everything in between. It's a one-stop diner's paradise with 20 delicious dining options. All you have to do is make up your mind.
0: The lower-level dining concourse may boast some big names. Shake Shack, Magnolia Bakery, Halen and Hearty Soups. But did you know that all the restaurants are local? A wide range of beer and wine is also available for sale to pair with any craving.
1: In preparation for every episode, we painstakingly scour the internet in search of news to bring to you. Let's get to it.
0: It's time for the news. Manchester in UK signed a tourism partnership with New York City recently. A few weeks ago, this article came out about a city-to-city tourism collaboration agreement. It's pretty awesome. It's going to be basically sharing best practices in tourism and a partnership with Virgin Atlantic to try to get people to go back and forth between the two cities so I think that's going to be pretty interesting because we've talked about going to Manchester so I'm yeah. really excited to see the ads on the subways we've seen it with a few other partnerships that they've had there were a couple of them like uh, Madrid Amsterdam I remember seeing a lot of Amsterdam Amsterdam ads on the subway not that long ago so it's the same kind of idea uh, cape town toronto tokyo buenos aires and berlin we have tourism partnerships with these places so wow. manchester's we're, the new one we're bringing them in yeah and i think i'm guessing it's getting people over there but that just means you know cheap flights possibly cheap flights are great <laughs> cheap flights are. Great. <laughs> or just like a one-way flight over there a one-way um, flight one way <laughs> we're not going back <laughs> maybe <laughs> i meant um <laughs> one no stop non-stop flight Over there. Okay. But I think that's going to be pretty interesting. So that's the first article that I saw.
1: Cool. What else do we have?
0: One that is is pretty great. When I first read it, I thought it was funny. Then as I read the article, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty kind of beautiful. (laughs) But it's a guy caused Google Maps traffic jams by carrying 99 cell phones down the street. So it was like an art piece, you know, that he did. And He had like a wagon and he put 99 phones in it and had them all on. So basically how Google Maps works, it thinks that all these people are there. 99 cars are in one spot at once. So on Google Maps, it was, you know, dark red saying that there was traffic. The hack also inconvenienced other drivers on Google Maps. So it rerouted them around his traffic jam, basically sometimes leaving him in his car alone on stretches of the roadway. So that's a really good idea. It's pretty crazy, (laughs) but obviously there was meaning behind it, and a lot of that had to do with technology and how we interact with it. So to Wecker, who was the artist here, having a host of other apps such as Airbnb, Uber, and even Joggy Maps rely on Google Maps, it causes a shift in power in how we perceive both the physical and virtual world around us.
1: That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah. I've I've gone on record as saying the same exact thing. (laughs) That's your take.
0: Yeah. But he said Google's map service has fundamentally changed our understanding of what a map is, how we interact with maps, their technological limitations, and how they look aesthetically. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting to think about. You know how we use maps now, because I remember just using an old road map back when me and my mom would go on road trips, and it was cool to find like different ways to go or different roads to take, mm-hmm. and it wasn't done for you. Granted, I mean i love google maps don't get me wrong so i don't want them to take that away from us Uh, but there's definitely something lost in the the treasure hunt of a regular map you know
1: unfolding a map and figuring out where you're going
0: yeah that's a skill that many people coming up now may not may not get you know that's interesting yeah Um, but yeah i just thought that article was cool because it starts off kind of funny like oh man this guy caused a traffic jam but it's really like a pretty deep art artistic piece so that was that article. I thought that was interesting. And then our last article, of course, has to be about the subway.
1: The subway. The subway restaurant.
0: Not the subway restaurant. The subway that we take to work every day.
1: <laughs> you don't bring a subway sandwich to work with you every day?
0: No. <laughs> the subway oh, train. The subway train, the MTA.
1: Yeah. Oh, the MTA. Here okay. we go.
0: So, man spills ketchup on New York City subway floor to mark his territory. <laughs> yeah. So. Not a bad idea. Let me tell you why. He it's on the floor in front of him, and I we don't condone doing this. No, don't don't <laughs> spread things on the ground. People might slip, <laughs> and it's also it's gross enough. It's on the floor in front of him and alongside of him. Someone tweeted about it. It was I think it was like a photojournalist or something even crazier. They tweeted about it on their way to work, and it was basically to keep people out of his um, out of his space. You know what I mean? Out like of his little bubble. Yeah, and it's pretty great because there was a woman sitting next to him that like refused to move so i was like that would totally be me <laughs> and i don't i like refuse to move when people try to like try to take up more room than they really should it's like no no i get we all get to sit
1: maybe she was just taking advantage of the ketchup as well
0: maybe so i think it's kind of a good idea you know it kind of keeps people like away from like right in front of your face some people stand so close to you when you're sitting down it's just like mm-hmm. come on like that's usually just a groin a
1: level and nobody likes that
0: nobody likes that get it out of here so oh anyway so not a bad idea you know let's keep it clean still like it's it's gross that's just you know one of the many things that you'll find on the subway floor yeah (laughs) it's not always blood it could be ketchup
1: (laughs) (laughs) you don't always assume it's blood it's it may be ketchup it may be ketchup all right Uh,
0: but yeah that's the news
1: the news thank you and now for my favorite intro of the show
0: (laughs) of course (laughs)
1: You've got listener mail. We're back with more listener mail. We've reached out to you on social media. I think just Instagram this time. We reached out and asking for questions. And we've got a couple questions to answer. So if you want to ask a question to us, please feel free. You can get in touch with us on most social media. We are not on TikTok. <laughs> so do not no. look for us on TikTok. No. Or email us and we'll get to the question. Email is at the top of the show and I'm not going to repeat it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, here we go. The first question. Uh, Greetings from the UK. I'm planning to visit New York City this Christmas and your podcast has been invaluable in planning it all. You mentioned you're originally from Florida. Orlando and Disney have been on my bucket list forever. I've always read about how backwards it is there. Any crazy Florida stories? Love the podcast. Cheers.
0: Hmm. I don't know if I have interesting Florida stories because there's just normal life to me. So maybe you want to take that one. Do you have something?
1: I think that you're probably overlooking a lot of things that we've probably done.
0: <laughs> that we've done or we've seen? That
1: we've all of those things. Hmm. Most people don't have access to alligators.
0: Oh, the alligators. <laughs> I always imagine forget forgetting, that's strange. Imagine <laughs>
1: forgetting about alligators like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had friends who were alligator wrestlers. One was a champion alligator wrestler.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we and also had a pool. So uh, during parties, they would bring an alligator over in a duffel bag and we put it in the pool and we would just go swimming and th- the alligator's mouth was taped. I want to make sure everyone knows that. We're not that dangerous. Although it did become untaped when the mm. alligator wrestler would wrestle the alligator during in the backyard. Party. Yeah. I've... And then have other people like take pictures of it and stuff. Yeah.
1: I've, I've gotten on top of the gators before. Did you do it before with the... Yeah. You hold his mouth shut and... Mm-hmm yeah um pretty crazy yeah
0: it's pretty nuts florida everybody yeah but it was so much fun <laughs> for sure <laughs> what a crazy party or parties i should say Happen more than once for sure mm-hmm. you know flamethrowers on the party i don't know what else Yeah, just more <laughs> That's for, just one party more odd florida um, stuff yeah
1: florida is it's very secluded from the rest of the country mm-hmm. so i feel a lot of crazy just kind of just like hangs out down there
0: yeah, there's nowhere else for it to go. Yeah. <laughs> so it just uh, hangs out together. I mean, I, obviously, I'm from Florida, so I have probably better things to say about it than other people would.
1: They just maybe not, don't seem so strange to you.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem as strange. There's definitely nice things about there. In the Orlando area, too, I really do like. And there's a lot more food and restaurants popping up in Orlando. Maybe not necessarily in the touristy areas, but closer to, like, downtown Orlando. Mm-hmm. North of that, I would just say don't go. <laughs> That sorry turned. sorry to everyone i have family up there it was a very positive <laughs> monologue that you were giving us <laughs> and then it just
1: turned don't go north of orlando though <laughs> well a little You'll bit say. north but maybe
0: uh, yeah
1: wow okay well there you go <laughs> alligators and yeah fireworks and flamethrowers mm-hmm. and all kinds mm-hmm. of nonsense of fireworks okay here's the next question i've always wanted to see a taping of saturday night live any tips
0: uh it's a lottery and we know somebody who has gone like two or three times like how do you get called that many times for for a lottery yeah she's so lucky
1: there's a couple ways you can do it you can either uh, do the lottery system which Mm -hmm. i'll talk about in a second or you can do standby and just sit out there Outside of Rockefeller time. Center and yeah, for like a day or two depending mm-hmm. on I remember we were driving we were driving through there at one point. It was
0: around Christmas time.
1: And it was Paul McCartney and Paul Rudd. Mm. They were on the show and it, this was like Friday maybe, like Friday afternoon early or something, and there were people already lined up yeah, to like get the standby tickets.
0: Down the block lined up.
1: Yeah. So the way it works is for the lottery, uh during the month of August, you have to email a email address. So I'll tell you, it is SNL tickets at nbcuni.com and be sure to leave your contact information. So if you do get tickets, then you will be able to have them mailed to you. So that's how you do it. There's two different ways to do it. I suppose if you know someone that works there, which is probably very unlikely, but you might be able to do that as well. But standby seems like it works out the best because the lottery, you may be getting it for a different day than you may be here. So that could be a problem as well, which is why the standby line is so long because people put in their name for the lottery and then end up getting tickets for days they can't go to. Yeah. And uh, that's it for this episode. This podcast is recorded in our apartment in the Big Apple, New York City. If you like it, us a favor and take a minute to rate it write a review contact us let us know you did and we will send you some stickers
0: so subscribe now and follow us on social media so we can keep the conversation going and keep you posted about new episodes
1: if you haven't already take a minute to like us on facebook in the next month or so we'll be having our first merch giveaway
0: yay Yep,
1: we've got mugs stickers beach towels all kinds of unnecessary merch that we're going to be giving away uh, and the best part is, it's free, so more details will be up on Facebook in the coming weeks. Until next time, I'm Chris.
0: And I'm Chris. And this is Christmas Time in the City.